Welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. With the NFL season a week away and the Ringer's fantasy football coverage gearing up, we have released our first ever fantasy football Hall of Fame. We assembled a panel of voters, including Bill Simmons, Cousin Sal, Robert Mays, Mallory Rubin, and more to induct the 25 best fantasy football players of all time. You can find the rankings by going directly to fantasyfootball.theringer.com. And for more fantasy football coverage, check out the Fantasy Football Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. David Shoemaker, joined here by my dear friend, the uh, king of illustrators. Yeah, I'll take that. The king of wrestling illustrators. I'll definitely take that. I have a lot. I know a lot of dudes that that illustrate wrestling, but this is the man who you know, who loves wrestling, (laughs) who uh, who illustrates the all the the AEW posters, Um, and uh, he's also a new dad. Congratulations, man! But we've got a lot of more important things to talk about. We'll talk about your kids in the in the after dark episode. Or our kids, sorry. Um, we got a lot of big news this week. We got CM Punk to Fox, maybe. We got Tony Schiavone to AEW. That's a definite. definite. We got Arn Anderson to the Conrad Thompson Empire. We got uh, Johnny John Moxley to the IR, and uh, <laughs> Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch making to it the altar to the altar. <laughs> <laughs> or what is it? Jim I mean, a su- Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch to the tree. K I S S I N G. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. That was my really professional intro. Listen, there's so much stuff has happened this week. We're trying to figure out where to start the show, and I forgot that the CM Punk rumors dropped after I recorded last week. Ah, okay. So no wonder it hasn't. I, I, I It went over my head because I've been dealing with a six-week-old, and I'm pretty much just listening to you talk about wrestling. So if you didn't mention it, I didn't hear it. So there's rumors that CM Punk is in negotiations or discussions, light discussions with FS1. FS1 is, is doing a weekly... Uh, wrestling news show that's sort of like a promotional tool for for uh, SmackDown, which will be airing on Fox. Um, Do they only cover Fox-related wrestling? Because doesn't that get weird <laughs> if you're like, well, then there was this match over it's, there, okay, and so you there's can a go lot of weirdness surrounding it. Well, here's the here's the thing. As far as I know, it will be a WWE-specific show, not a SmackDown-specific show, but yes, a WWE-specific show. That seems fair. I think by now they'll they know what day they're gonna go on, but but I don't know. It, they were talking about Tuesday and they're talking about Wednesday, but the but um, the problem, I mean, there is the sort of like issue of a disconnect if they're running on Wednesday nights after NXT and AEW go head to head and they don't cover either, or they don't cover at least they don't cover one of the two, right? So who knows? I mean, I think that you know they'll they'll be able to kind of work around it but it it is i think that i think it's in their best interest to be as engaged in the little in the new wednesday night wars as possible it i think i would agree with that i think that it actually would you know not ignoring reality wouldn't benefit them i think they go head to not head to head that's the wrong term here but they go just head full of steam into it as i mean that's what i would expect from it if you're watching it i mean because wouldn't you always just be like well yeah but yeah, I mean, it depends on the format of the show. It's obviously possible that they don't get into like this, this sort of conversations that you have to, you would have to pick, or that you would have to judge one against the other one. Or has a show like this exist? Uh, public access ex- versions of it have existed. existed. I mean, yeah, I mean, people have done podcasts, people have done well, like whatever. Sure. But like there, there've been video components and stuff, but nothing on this scale has ever really existed. Mm-hmm. Not since like, remember when like Monday Night Raw was a fake talk show? What it was like to or. <laughs> What was it? Uh, the Bobby Heenan show, but before that, it was just like the studio show or Tuesday or sorry, um, primetime. 
Prime time. Prime time. I was like Raw's, yeah. No, but then no. Raw had, at some point had that four man desk with the, with the TV screen behind them all, and then they cut it in half, and Bobby Heenan got his own hour or half hour, or whatever. But anyway, they've done different things. I mean, WWE built a ESP, a full on like ESPN set in Stanford. Man, it might be five years ago now, maybe more. But they like they they went all they were gonna like have yeah. their own web, their own presence doing this stuff and. They could never quite figure out what to do with mm. it. So, so there there have been attempts at it, but there's been nothing like this. And the, and I guess the point I guess the point I'm trying to say is I think that it has to blur the it has to be it, it this is not going to be in kayfabe. There's no. I was it, just going to ask that. No, it's I mean, and, and it's not, and it's and if it is, it's not going to work. I have faith in what the people I've talked to at Fox I have a lot of faith in what they're doing. But um, but then don't don't you think that okay? So then if you're analyzing a wrestling match and you're not in kayfabe. Like, what do you, oh, it's, it's almost like no, a tongue twister to talk gonna, about we're gonna it. We're going to table this discussion, but I will say, but here, but here's the point that I wanted to make. If it's a not, if it's not in kayfabe, it's sort of why, it's sort of weird to think about the fact that like William Regal is why, is scouting AEW talent, but, but the FS1 show is not allowed to mention the like up and coming wrestlers that WWE is obviously looking at. Mm. So yeah, we'll see. Anyway, all that's a long way to say. I need your help, listeners. Jonathan, I think we're gonna move the show. Whoa! To yeah, we're gonna move the show to the Conrad Thompson. Uh, no, we're gonna move the show to a different day because this day doesn't make. It's like the week's all messed up now. Oh, uh, that's a, yeah. So we're talking about Fridays. I don't even have. I can't even make an argument one way or the other. I don't know when. I don't know what the right. I don't know what the beginning of the week is for pro wrestling now. And the end of the week is it? Just, I mean. Well, it's all I mean, it's the week. I mean, there's no beginning or end. It's just never ending. Yeah, I guess here's my is there is it possible? Is it possible that Wednesday becomes the most important night of pro wrestling? Uh, I that is one of my bullet points. It absolutely is. So Mike Lawrence made a great point when he said that Smackdown is now going to be that forgotten. Like they're the afterthought or they're like after you've already consumed so many hours of wrestling in the week. Is anyone going to stick around for Smackdown? And uh, I think that's, first of all, a great point unto itself. But then also it says, yeah, Wednesday becomes the night. Your Monday's like you're, you're priming the pump. You're excited. Of course, everyone who's devoted to Raw. But then, um, I mean, two, two companies going programming, counter-programming each other. Is, there's, what's bigger than that right now? So for the foreseeable future, I think it is. But, it, but here's the thing is that SmackDown's going to be going to feel like a bigger show. I feel like I mean like well because it's, it's, it's got the biggest network too. Yeah, yeah that's a it's a weird. <laughs> I do. I think mean, that, what are you gonna do Friday? You got I guess. Yeah, but I, I just think that there, whatever. I mean, what I do doesn't matter. I think I think what matters is how I, I'm just interested to see how significantly. I mean, how we treat Wednesday, how we're treating Wednesday six months from now, because it's the. It'll probably be the two least the two lowest rated shows. I mean, of the four. But okay. combined, maybe they'll match or or surpass a raw rating or something like that, and or they'll be close. Uh, but they're going head to head. We love that shit. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, well, and also, it's been mentioned, but you don't have to choose now. You can just watch. But I mean, this isn't you. This isn't us sitting or in our living rooms with our TVs you know, having to watch every commercial and every whatever flip through the channels. It's yeah. the internet. You can watch both at the same time. So there's not even like this. Like how do you gauge who's winning and who's not, you know? Yeah. Unless you're by t-shirt sales. <laughs> well, I'm sure someone will be taking, will be paying attention to that. Yeah. All right. So listen, we got AEW's all in. I mean, sorry, all, all out. out is this weekend. It's a huge weekend. Big weekend for, for them. them. Big weekend for them. Um, the pro the the, the buildup has been incredible. We're gonna do predictions at the end of the show, but I want to work. I want to kind of circle around to this. Um, the the buildup has been incredible. Everything about the show has been. I mean, has been really well done. Yeah, I've been really impressed. I think their online stuff is great. I think it's also for those who judge harshly of it and say maybe it's not doing enough. It doesn't move your needle. You also have to think like they're not. Like how far, how much of a needle could it move? I mean, it can only go so far with like YouTube videos. And I think it's going, it's hitting like the highest level at this moment that it could, which is impressive because um, just having a little bit of experience with that company, it's not all, it's not all run out of one production studio, one set of producers, one set yeah. of 
film or excuse me, like camera teams, like half the time it's like, oh, Cody has his crew of people that help him make his stuff. The Bucks have his crew yeah. of people. So that's kind of incredible. Like, and it's all pretty high quality too. Yeah. That's what I'm impressed by. Okay, the thing the thing on their YouTube channel, I mean the thing on their on the road to all out that it, that that got me most interested and it's very uninteresting in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, was the sit down between uh, Adam Page and Jr. Because it was that's it was cool. Yeah. It was well done, and I felt I feel like that's that's the beginnings of what the show is going to look like. Like yeah. we don't. I mean, there we may have some of this like super shadowy face to the camera, you know, monologuing kind of stuff that the talent does on the show. Yeah, that's definitely a unique look that they've sort of, you know, made a lot with. They're done a lot with, but. um but just that's the simple sit down interview. It's like, okay, this feels like a TV show that I'm that I you know, this feels like something I'm used to watching, but in a you know, in a kind of fresh way. Right. Right. And um, well, JR and now you have Tony Shavani's probably, you know, can get involved in that kind of thing. Uh-huh. So that just elevates it again. So Shivani's there. We don't know exactly what everybody's gonna be doing, but they did oh, but they also signed um Golden Boy. I saw that I was I was trying to figure out last night. Who, what the commentary commentator situation is, and so what I read was according to Melter, it's officially right. the main cr- team is Golden Boy, uh, Jr. and Excalibur, right. which is that's what I saw. which is the right call. I mean, those guys. I think that's that has the potential to work into a really good team. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, uh, from what I've heard, I mean, love Jr. Obviously, we we all came up on him, the voice of wrestling, but really. He should be helping to usher it forward f- for the next. Se- <laughs> I mean, like five years You're, from now, but like, you know what I mean. Tell, don't tell Jr. that. But he, uh, yes, know, actually, no, no. For as much as people complain about like Michael Cole at WWE, a lot of people, I mean, might not know that he is like the din father for all of the announcers. I mean, he's like in charge of that division. He's actually relinquished some of the day to day, um, and over the past couple of years. But I mean, he he mentors everybody who works who does that job, right? And I think that that's an imp- that will be an important part of what Jr. does too. And that's that's what I'm trying to get at, which is so invaluable. Um, and the backstage stuff he's going to so he's going to have. I mean, Jr. going to have a big role. He's going he's he's not going to have any shortage of things to do. It'll be interesting to see what Shivani does. There've been him. Sure, going to. I know it says he's going to do some producing and you know just different kinds of work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I did read how he, he has will- a lot of conflicts. Not not conflicts of interest, but con- like schedule. Like he's got. He, apparently, he's doing a lot of things. Yeah, he's got a lot going on. Yeah, which I was like, oh, so maybe I kind of expected. Him but to I think be... I think they're definitely going to bring him. They're going to do some big match moments. With oh him. yeah, and that's what I. I mean, what I've come to understand from Meltzer and whoever else has been reporting on it. Um, I'm excited about it though. I mean, if if it's like if if it's Shivani and Jr. like getting the booth for the title match and nothing else, totally. I think that's a good. I mean, that's what I've always said this about WWE, but they. I don't, I don't know why they're so doctrinaire about their announced teams. I don't know why you can't mix it up more during a show. And, and I'm not just talking about going back and forth between Raw and SmackDown teams. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, I mean, I certainly wouldn't keep Raw and SmackDown teams consistent. I've always said this a million times, but like when I turn on, I know that people know, I, I know that there's some people that are like, that are aware of who's going to be calling every game. But when I turn on any real sporting event, I don't know who's going to be in the booth. That's interesting co- comparison as a, as like a fair weather sports fa- fan. Yeah. I've, people will be like, that guy, I'm like, ah, doesn't yeah. matter. As long as it sounds good, it doesn't matter. And then me. let Michael Cole or, you know, be the big match guy. Yeah. Give him that, give him, you yeah. know, let him, make him meaningful. But anyway, that's what I think they're going to do with Shivani and JR. Let them do that kind of thing. And listen, their chemistry is going to be great. I mean, because they have a history. Yeah, and 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 for a startup like this, oh, yeah. it is important to convey this is a big match being called by people you might recognize. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a, it's an important part of the messaging. That's actually it's a very it's a very savvy. It's almost a marketing angle. It's like okay, some of you tuning in certainly know Jericho. You may not know Hangman, but you know JR and Sh- Tony Schiavone and they're calling this, whoa, that may, that makes, I mean, yeah. there's a title on this thing, so of course it's important, but like, who's this guy? Wow. No, I mean, I mean, Jericho is obviously get a, it really important for them in that same role, in, that, in, a, in a very similar way, but we're not, I mean, we're going to have like an Adam Page versus Kenny Omega match, at, you know, at, right. for the title at some point in the not too right. distant future and like, it's, a lot of people are going to be watching that for the first, for seeing some of those guys for the first time. Exactly. So, it's it's cool to have that sort of consistency. 
I mentioned that John Moxley's on the IR. He had a some sort of staph infection situation, which is really scary. He had, I think, he had one when he was recovering from his last arm surgery that took forever, you know, and he had to get a lot of follow up stuff. So he's take he's he's treating it seriously. He had to back out, which is a big loss for All Out. Except, um, surprise, Pac is <laughs> Pac took his place. I guess Pac must have been already scheduled to make a run in and hit somebody with a chair was because he was available like immediately. It almost I, I actually saw that Pac Omega announcement before I even saw Moxley was out. Like the because yeah. the, it, it was so quick. Um, I thought the same thing. He he certainly it. It certainly appears as though he was already uh, in the playbook, but that was—I don't want to say surprising to me, but I was a bit taken because I was so—I was thinking when he bailed on bailed. That's so rude. <laughs> when he changed plans for a double or nothing, I thought it was fascinating how quickly that his name faded away. Now that could just be me. But I like to consider myself a pretty good barometer for fan because I'm not, I like indie wrestling, but I'm not hardcore. I like WWE, but I don't watch everything. You know, I'm like that middle ground. And like Pac was, his name was everywhere and was like the biggest part of, all, of or, oh my gosh, of AEW. Yeah. And as soon as he backed out, it was like no one talked about him. He wasn't, he wasn't making waves in the internet sphere. And it was kind of like, man, he held on to his ball too long, and he lost his opportunity, and that was that. But yeah, I think that I think that there's a little bit of he wasn't necessarily as urgent a concern for fans, but also I think AEW and he were were happy to let uh, him sort of fade out. And so, so if he d- did make a surprise appearance at all out, as it seems like he was planning, it, it would have been more shocking. Surprise. Yeah. But what's what's really cool about that match though is that Pac versus I keep saying Pac, it's Pack. Pack is versus, it? I think because it's a. British accent, but it uh, doesn't matter. Pack versus Omega in another timeline. I mean, in a, in a timeline not very different from this one would be the championship match on this card. Yep. Right. I mean, that was widely rumored to be like the first title match for those two guys. That Omega is, was sort of going to be the face of the company. Pack sort of gets to be a sort of established name recognition guy. Yeah. Um. So you have a, basically a, a title level match or better quality match, probably in the number two spot and setting up a bunch of options for future matches. And that's to say nothing of Cody and Sean Spears, who are both, you know, potentially main eventers. Cody's obviously been kind of reluctant to force feed himself onto the end of the top of the car, but he's going to be there. Sure. Sean Spears, if this match goes well, uh, will definitely be there. I mean, they have to be looking at him that way. Um, uh, John Moxley, who we, Jumped out. He's he's a legit headliner, and 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 you know obviously there's a lot of other guys with a lot of potential. I mean, um, um, yeah. I think that it, what's it's it's interesting how exciting that main event scene is. Yes, it is exciting that the the main event scene is exciting for AEW. It's also kind of small, and I think that's a good thing in a way. I yeah. think it's like because now it's like you're not going to go week to week being like, wait, we haven't seen Rusev in three months. Yeah. Wait, well, we haven't thing, seen yeah. X, Y, Z. And it's like, you get that you get to really be invested. Well, in listen, this if you, yes, you're invested in it. And, and, and if you're, and when there's only, I mean, there's, it's a vibrant scene, but you're right. It is, it is a, only a handful at the end of the day. And it makes a match like pack versus Omega meaningful in a way that WWE seems completely incapable of pulling off because there's too many people, right? Right. Like, you, like it's, an, it's an implicit number one contenders match. Right. Or even, I mean, or, you know, just, it's, you're, it's you know, two of your favorite wrestlers are going at it. Two right. of the most famous guys in the company. You don't have to say it's a number one contenders match. You don't have to give it a stipulation or a title or whatever else. Um, it also, Whatever match these two headliners are working that's not the title match is going to be a huge match. Right. You care more about it. It also makes it harder to call. It makes it more exciting because you don't. I mean, who? I know we're going to talk predictions later, but like just off the top, like you could. I would be surprised if you could tell me with confidence. Oh, this is like one of those two guys is going to win that match, and here's why. You don't know. Now that could be because AEW is in in its youth stages, and everything is like the the ch- course isn't charted for us, or we don't have history to to see the course. But also, when the content, when the 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 pot at the top is small enough. Anyone could win for any reason. The stakes are higher. Yeah, it's true. Especially if they're counting wins and losses. That's totally true. I think that it's important. I mean, it's important to us. We were talking about this in the way in. 
part of the reason why it's not a what we don't feel like we know who's going to win is that they don't they haven't given us that much. True. If they had a couple of hours of TV every week, I think whether or not we we wouldn't know any better. But we 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 would be talking about things about like, you know, who got heat on the last episode on the Go Home Show or sure, like who got sure, the, you know whatever. Sure. Like we like we'd be trying to wrestling logic our way into it, knowing who's going to win. Right. I mean, they're in a good position now of not having to give us much content and us being so really excited about the shows. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be that deep. It doesn't have to be that complicated. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to come up with a million steps in between the making of the match and the match itself. No. No, you don't. Uh, and honestly, the imagination is more powerful than, I don't know what the contrasting metaphor there is, but the imagination reality, is powerful. Yeah, for sure. Reality. And so by not having too much, your imagination is able to run wild. Um, I don't know. makes exciting fantasy booking and also like kind of just holding your breath. Like, ooh, what will happen? Like, honestly, I look at All Out uh, and I think you can't have... Like no one gets to, no one can win any of these matches clean. Like, like I'm I, honestly, I'm convinced there's not, they're not going to have a champion, uh, a belt champion clean, at the end of that pay per view. By the way, really? I like, yeah, I just think they're going to drag that out, or because it's kind of like what so they got to have a champ on the first episode, right? Do you or what? I mean, I guess you do. I mean, for Jericho, the people that Jericho don't... walking in his champ makes a lot of sense. Before we get to our official all out picks, meow, 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 meow. we'll talk about WWE a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Although before we move on, just to touch a bit more on the John Moxley injury, that is a real shame. Um, gosh, you know he like having all that freedom and then to be injured right before a, a, like probably the biggest moment for him in that company at this point. But hats off to how quickly they were not only were able to pivot with bringing him back, but also utilizing that reality in their storyline, I don't know if you saw Kenny Omega's promo that he cut on him, um, but they did this thing where Kenny was doing one of their video packages and f in the middle of it found out. Oh, yeah. I thought that was brilliant. And then he went on to be like, you know what, basically like, F you, bro. I'm out here busting and what, you get hurt? You're like, I'm the face. You know, he, he used it. They used it well. And I just think that's wonderful. I wonder if that's a really interesting thing to, to, to I mean it's a really interesting point because I don't know if this if this goes to the conversation we were just having about having a TV show versus just having a YouTube page mm -hmm. you know six months from now are AEW going to be in a situation where if Moxley you know hurts his arm that they're going to like have him attacked backstage by a mysterious person and you know and like put him out of action or if we're going to just do it like this like yeah be like well he's hurt and someone's like yeah well he's a he's a pansy <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> There's no words you can use anymore. Um, uh, all right. So, WWE. WWE. It's still happening. And it's actually... Oh, it's great. Raw was not as bad as I thought it was going to be based on all of the like tweets and texts that I was getting during Raw. No, I, th I think it, there was good things, there was bad things. I find myself liking things that other people are disliking and disliking things that other people are liking, I think. Um, what did you think about Sasha Banks opening promo? Because there were a lot of people who had strong opinions about that. I uh, didn't, I just, honestly, I was more focused on the match. Yeah. I didn't really, I mean, she's evil. The, I keep getting distracted by Corey Graves. Going back to commentary, how Corey Graves keeps making the point to be like, listen, I told you so. And I'm like, I'm kind of taken out of it when every time <laughs> you talk. <laughs> but no, the match was great. And, um, uh, Natalia really stepped up. I mean, everyone's talking about that that suplex. Yeah, that was that was swift. Um, no, I'm excited about uh, her return. I think it's I think all intents and purposes, it's going well, and um, it need the women's division needed it. It did. It did. I mean, she, the the promo was not super strong. It was a, it was it you know it was the top of the show and was supposed to feel like this big kind of not really a work shoot, but a big like kind of character defining promo, and she just. For whatever reason, it just it, it did not carry it. Cannot carry that off. Um, she's one of the best wrestlers, best workers in in the women's division. She's got charisma for miles, but it's like it's not on mic charisma all the time. You know, it's not like give her a mic and let her go charisma. Not CM Punk charisma, that's CM for sure. <laughs> I wonder if that's the writing. There was a lot of good work this week. There was a lot of kind of silly stuff. Although I got to tell you, 
the sillier this Roman Reigns storyline gets, the more I love it. Oh, okay, that's... <laughs> That's, this is basically like the Twin Peaks of WWE. Wow, at this point. that is it's just when I was watching this, the the highlight package of and with Daniel Bryan staring at the Eric Rowan and the Eric Rowan lookalike, I was like, oh my god, this is David Lynch. This is fantastic. Twenty seventeen, Jonathan, watching Roman and Brock four point oh uh-huh. at SummerSlam. I'm probably getting my dates wrong, but you know, at Barclays Center, would never have imagined this is the story. That Roman would be in in yeah, 2019. It's, it's kind of remarkable, actually. Uh, but where, I don't know where they're going with that. Because you, you, it feels like a resolution this week, but probably not. No, no. I think it's going to keep dragging on. I think that now Daniel Bryan's either... He's, he's, he's smacked... After Roman Reigns had video that proved... I'm not sure how it proved that it was Eric Rowan and not the guy that looks like Eric Rowan, but that's fine. Proved that it was Eric Rowan. And Daniel Bryan smacked Eric Rowan across the face... And basically said, "You lied to me. Get out of here." And Daniel Bryan's like, "I don't, I don't tolerate liars." And then he went to the ring where he was speared by Roman Reigns. So, I guess the easy way out, or the, is Daniel Bryan is the one that put him up to it, but is that he's lying now for to try to save face for whatever reason? They could always, I mean, but there's, I think it's just as likely that someone else did put Eric Rowan up to it, and we're going to have another person involved or something. I mean, what's the motive? Maybe I'm going too deep. What? Why? Have we ever? Have we been told why someone would want to attack Roman? No. There was a great crazy thread on the internet this week that was positing that Liv Morgan did it, <laughs> and like had all these tweets that she had from like the time around it that just like had very tenuous explanations about how she was like on the grassy knoll or whatever when the thing, when the when the construction materials fell on them. But I mean, like anything else in wrestling, the fun is in the chase, not in the. No, the reward, end. yeah, reward. yeah. I mean, it's it, um, well, it makes me think. It makes me think Conrad and just sit there and say, "Who booked this shit?" <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I guess if it's something really silly at the end. No, it's fine. It's, I thought you were going to suggest that Conrad was the one who did it. No, but that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, he's only one step away from getting a job there anyway. But um, I thought that my, honestly, my highlight for the thing that people are kind of poo-pooing or I could probably it's probably divided is I think Sami Zayn that is a wonderful so pairing I think it's a great use of his mic skills um my only like ah moment was that they're at least la- this week they made the story a little bit too much of still about Sammy yeah like like about uh, like oh you're you're just a manager now well as opposed to him just being a manager and that being okay. Yeah. I hope they stick with it basically because that's great. And that Nakamura needs that. Um, I mean, whether he needs it or whether his, the version of his character and the, the, yeah. what the WWE is allowing it to do needs it to elevate it. Um, so I thought that was exciting. That's great storytelling to me or, or fun, intriguing storytelling. Yeah, I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. A couple other things from this week's WWE uh, material I want to touch on. One, um, Let's do tag teams first. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode won yeah. a tag. They're your new number one contenders of the tag belts. Uh, yeah. Which I don't. I am not a fan of when like Robert when Roode and and uh, Chad Gable teamed up and started dressing the same. Yes. But there is a very um, sort of like '80s territorial vibe about Ru- Dolph Ziggler and Roode, just in like their kind of matching physiques. Mm-hmm. Um, not even territorial. They, they they could be like you know Strike Force 2.0 with their look, but like their heels, I guess. But that but like it, I would not. I guess what I'm saying is I wouldn't mind if they had some color coordination or something in the ring. Yeah. Um. I, they, not not matching stuff, not matching trunks, but just some some you know something to show that they're like on the same page. But I I kind of like them together. They're I mean they're both great workers, so it looks good. You know they have good chemistry in the ring. I thought that I was quite surprised when they that they're the ones that went over on that and that. What would they call it? Tag team turmoil, turmoil or something like that? The largest tag team turmoil match in Raw history, according to the, what Jim gave me. Is that based on weight or number of competitors? Who knows? There were some rumors that they were thinking about bringing back the Authors of Pain for that, or AOP for that uh, match, yeah, too. What happened to did. those guys? I don't know. They're having fun. Uh, so much of that in the WWE Showing out in right craft now. services. With um, Aleister Black somewhere. Sad. They should put them back on NXT is what they should do. Now that NXT is a show. 
I heard somebody else say this, so I'm certainly not, I mean, it's not like you can take credit for it. It's not like an independent thought, but it does. And it, it, it was, it struck me. It was like, oh, it does remind me of back, I guess the Attitude Era when they would have kind of rando tag teams like The Rock and Mankind, I think, or Stone Cold. Yeah, I mean, Cold that's sort of, but that's sort of what, you know, Seth and, and, and Braun are doing right, at the top. But right. yeah, there were, yeah, there would always be like a, you know, who are some good examples? Kane had a bunch of weird partners. Gold, uh, Gold Dust and Booker T. Booker T. That yeah. was cool. Yeah, yeah. Just throw people together. Uh, they don't have anything else to do and figure out the storyline later. I mean that that that's always actually. I mean that that can be successful. Yeah. Um, the other big takeaway from Raw this week was the King of the Ring tournament, and uh, it is the year of the High Flyers. Sure is. Bless their hearts. I am so happy for. It's like I'm so happy for those guys, but it's cool. We got Ricochet uh, over um, McIntyre. We got um, Ali beat Buddy Murphy. Ali over Buddy Murphy. I mean, Murphy's obviously a high flyer of a certain sort, but Ali's, you know, the lighter of the two guys. And Chad Gable went over oh, yeah, uh, Chad Gable. Shelton Benjamin. I've got the card here. I'm going to look at it. Um, Cedric Alexander over Cesaro on Raw. I mean, listen, this is a, this is a, uh, the the King of the Ring the King of the Ring bracket looks a lot more like two five live than it looks like Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. It really does. And so I have a quick question. What maybe I missed this, aside from just being crowned King of the Ring, which I know is that historically that's just what it is. Is there any other stake here? No. Okay. No, yeah, you're actually king. Yeah. No, no, you be, you become a king of a they're they're gonna found a country and no. It, yeah, it's called NXT Land. Yeah. Um, okay, so like reverse book it. Who's who's you know, that's how well, they... all of my picks are gone. My picks really? are I like Kevin Owens and I liked McIntyre. <laughs> okay, and you thought they should win because that made the most sense storylines wise. But so but now you're looking at it and it's like, okay, um, you've Baron got Baron Corbin sitting on the by, by the way, Baron Corbin, congratulations for finding a tank top. <laughs> he actually looks good now. But Baron Corbin sitting on the sitting on the throne and taunting people for hating him was fantastic. You could see the logic there. Yep. Um, King Ricochet, obviously, he's he used to be. Uh, I mean, he used to have uh, a sort of kingly gimmick at various points in his career. Oh, I don't know if I knew that. Um, but that's but he's it sort of fits for him. Um, I mean, Ricochet seemed, but Ricochet's getting a push elsewhere. I kind of, if he I'm looking at it. this now, I got, I feel like this is an engine for uh, Ali. Oh, King Ricochet, by the way, is his is his uh, Instagram handle. Um, Ali, yeah, I mean, anybody, any, I mean, dang, Chad Gable, Andrade is going to be Gable, Chad Gable. I could even see too because really? Chad Gable is well, only because he's like in the midst of a makeover. Right? It would almost make sense for him to emerge at the end of this as like. Yeah, he's like a king. He could be the Joffrey of WWE. The Joffrey. Actually, I guess he's a better baby face. But anyway, but you're right. And then and then Andrade, man, Andrade would be a million bucks. It would be. It would be actually that that's my that would be my close second to who I would say because if you think about, I mean, if all right, this came back again when when Pritchard came back. So I'm thinking he's got a hand in this. I mean, he's got a hand in a lot of things now. So uh, and you think about the history of the King of the Ring, you got. You know, that was Austin's big moment. Owen won. That really helped put Owen on the map, I feel like, in the WWE. Uh, who else won the King, King of the Harley Race? Hart- well, there you go. Yeah, that was pretty... That um, King Booker? Yeah. This is a good I'm trying to think like, ni- like mid-90s. Oh, mid-90s. Either way, it's definitely helped elevate people's career. And so if you think about it in that those terms... I'd say Ali or Andrade. Oh, Bret Hart won. That's the one he feuded with with uh, Jerry the King Lawler after that. Oh, right, right. Um, but that was definitely a big moment for Bret. Um, Scott Hall <clears throat> went on the way up. Uh, but yeah, Austin. You know, they're also Triple big. H. They're also they're also oh Triple H. They're also uh, some famous winners like Viscera. <laughs> Viscera. And uh, I think he was oh. Mabel then, King Mabel. Yeah, King Mabel. I remember King Mabel. It was fantastic. I do you think it takes away from it that it's spread out like this? That it's not just a Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Bad news Barrett. Man, look at this. Look at this rank. Okay. There's a lot of them that we okay, let me let's go back through and see how many people are actually 
actually gained a lot from this. Bad News Barrett, that could have been good. <laughs> Maybe I'm just remembering the highlights. Uh, Seamus was pretty <laughs> kind of cool. William Regal was amazing when he won. He got popped for like a uh, uh, wellness policy violation immediately after that and lost the push, but he was going to get a gigantic push out of that, and it looked and that was his moment in WWE. Yep. Uh, Booker T, King Booker was great. Brock Lesnar, and then you get kind of into like the Brock Lesnar edge, Kurt Angle, Billy Gunn, Ken Shamrock, Triple H, Steve Austin, Mabel. Man, I love King Mabel. <laughs> it's amazing how much they tried to do with that guy over the years. Um, Owen Hart, Bret Hart, and then you get to like the pre the prehistory. Oh, Bret Hart was, was in ninety one and ninety three, but then you get into kind of the odd uh, early years. Tito Santana was eighty nine. Ted DiBiase, 88, Savage, 87, Harley Race was that 86 year, and 85, mm. Rock Don Morocco. Um, so yeah, it helped a lot of people along the way. It's going to be cool. Yeah. It's going to be cool to see what happens. Does the, is the final at Clash of Champions? Yeah. Okay, that's great. That's that's a good look. Yeah. A couple of absences from Ron SmackDown were Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, who it turns out got engaged on a vacation to some tropical island this week. Who knew? Um, Love in the ring. Yeah. Congratulations to them. That's super cool. Gives you a good like road buddy at least. I don't know. <laughs> it's amazing. So here uh who were, who got married? Um Sean Spears and Peyton Royce. Yeah. So that's it, that's um you know, it's a good example of social media and exposure. You know, that's like the real story that they're married and they have like, a, I'm sure they're happy people and all this. And then you're supposed to turn around and be like, no, Sean Spears is a pissed off, angry guy that wants to beat the shit out of Cody Rhodes and has this vendetta. But, oh, we just got married. And I don't I mean, I almost wish there was less exposure, but you can't put it back a genie back in the bottle because it kind of breaks the stories for me. But yeah, it's true. Kayfabe only. Kayfabe only. Uh, no, but it's I mean, it's a, it's a good um, it's cool for them. It's sort of great for the future of professional wrestling that our the two of our favorite people are just like they love the sport and now they're in it together. Sure. Although that didn't stop John Moxley from jumping shit, but I guess no, that's fine. no. I, yeah, I wonder what that's like behind the scenes for uh, Renee. I think she's gonna be fine. Renee, I believe, uh, is widely rumored to be the host of this new FS1 show that we discussed earlier. Um, a couple of other people names are, are circling around it right now. Oh. And the big one this week obviously was was CM Punk. Now I think that um it's clear that the Fox crew wants to uh express I mean wants to have a lot of independence from WWE. And they will get it if they insist upon it. I mean, as independent as you want to be, it seems like signing CM Punk. I mean, WWE, I don't know if they, they, I don't know. I mean, they would obviously take CM Punk back for the right match at the right time. It's not like, oh, yeah. Like, like entirely burned bridge, but wow, that is a bold, bold move by FS1. If indeed it, uh, it is going down as it seems. I, yeah, that's a bold move, but is it, is it though? I honestly think, I think Vince is probably smiling about that because it also means in some senses of the word, or in some sense, he now has he's he hasn't signed him obviously but like punk won't go somewhere else and wrestle yeah it's true so now you know so he's now associated in some weird way with the if this is all true with the wwe product again and not with an aew a whoever else or um a new japan somebody so you know he so every wwe wins i mean he's not it's not like he's going to go on there and um you know, shoot on Vince and be like, well, let me tell you what it's like, you know. I mean, I don't think he would. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they what they can get away with on that show. I don't know what the shape of the show is gonna be, but if it's if it let's just for the for hypothetically, let's say it's like a really nerdy breakdown, like match by match breakdown kind of show. I'm not I'm thinking it won't be that, but let's say we're breaking down, you know, Randy Orton versus Kofi Kingston at Clash of Champions. Are you interested to hear CM Punk's thoughts? Yes. Yeah, because he'd be like, I worked with both these guys. Here's what's going on in this match. Like, he's a... I think so, too. Yeah. I, I want to hear what he has to say. Yeah, and he, I mean, he can talk, so let him talk. Like, that'll be exciting, yeah. I think. And he'll make it exciting unless it's 
Well, I guess it really depends on the format. I just think the biggest thing is CM Punk has to, and, and listen, I have no reason to believe that he won't, but he has to take it seriously. And he has to, I mean. That's a good way to say Every it. time I just, I mean, he could, he doesn't have to prep. He's brilliant. I just mean that like, if he goes in there, if he, tr- if he treats it with some, with a level of like irony, then it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Especially because if the show's not on kayfabe, it's going to, you know, have to be a little bit earnest or whatever. But like, CM Punk with like a smile on his face. I mean, like a, like a a wry smile on his face, acting like he's, you know, winking like you know we all know this is silly. Like that, I don't think that'll work. You got to take it seriously. It will also be a good. It, it it will. He'll have trouble if he's also no longer excited about as excited about wrestling and trying to do that. I mean, no one knows. How, is he still? This is a real presumptuous, but is is he still that excited about wrestling at all? You know what I mean? Is he's kind of he's stepped away from it as a performer. He's done so many other things since then. Does he, he even really be, care? Is he even that invested in wrestling? He seems to not be interested enough to come back for AEW to work at AEW, and I would be willing to believe that they offered him a uh, tech, the technical term is a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um. And but you know I don't think he's I don't think he's that into it. So yeah, he'd have to presumably would have would have to watch. <laughs> he has to watch wrestling. One other thing before we get to the AEW card is Arn Anderson talking about people who you want to hear talk. Arn Anderson, by all accounts, is one of the most brilliant dudes in the business for decades. Are you excited to hear Arn Anderson tell stories from his career? Oh yeah, I think it's going to be a fascinating look behind the curtain but but more so further back than a lot of what we've been getting from Conrad and company now i know a lot they've done plenty of episodes um that especially with Bruce Pritchard that stretch back into the 80s and and i guess yeah i'll go back as far as the 80s and stuff but but you know like Houston wrestling and that uh-huh. the era of the territories i hope i'm hoping that that's kind of where they're headed with this, with Arn to really talk about those days, um, because that man, the stories that would be that you could get and the insight that you would hear would be really pretty pretty interesting and something that isn't been documented. Yeah, no, I think I think that's right, and I I mean, and also he has an incredible. I mean, he has in a lot of ways he's been doing. I mean, had that same point of view that like Pritchard had in the re in the modern WWE. So he can go, he goes all the way to the present day. Oh yeah, because well, he was like the he was the the big match booker. I mean, the big oh, that's match, right uh, uh, a, a agent for a long time. That's right. That's right. Kind of Pat Patterson role, and, and and he's uh he's really smart, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see how quickly adapts to the Conrad Thompson world of uh of podcasting. Yeah, that's um I listened to a bunch of those. Because it's easy to digest while I work, while I make my my work. It is fascinating how Conrad's able to weave or thread the needle where he basically, like, he'll do the same show. Like, he's had Pritchard talk about the same show, like the same wrestling show, like, say, SummerSlam 89. And then he'll have JR talk about SummerSlam 89. So you're getting the same show, but because it's a different person, you get a different perspective and makes it feel fresh every time. And now adding a whole other, you know, like, what would that be? A fifth person into his repertoire? Um, Yeah. You you almost wonder how many more stories can there be, but you just know there will be. So that's exciting. And he's such a great dude. Just, I mean, we can cut this if you want, but I've I've been working with him a little bit with doing art for Starcast. Just the nicest guy, and everyone around him. God, they're nice people. Really? Yeah. Just like really receptive. Um, I actually pitched him, and he was like, "Great, let's talk about it." And just like like he's just anybody else, and his team is just really responsive and and cool, and yeah. So, I'm kind of a mark for. That nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a wonderful fellow. Um, all right. Let's go through this card. Let's talk about AEW all out. We're gonna make some picks. Are you all out? Um going all out. All right. We're going all we out. We got a couple of we got a couple of pre-show matches. A bunch of pre-show matches. Should we do the pre-show or no? Yeah, I think you should because it's it's to me at this point, it's still just as important for them. It's true. And and it's uh true. and I think one of them is private party, which 
Speaking of nice people, met them recently. God dang, just like two young Brooklyn kids that are just uh, congratulations to everything they've they've earned. You know, they're fantastic. So cool, and, and everybody. Know, I mean, I'm a I'm a huge mark for Angelico and Jack Evans. So yeah, that's gonna that match could be. I mean, I don't think it's going to be better than the Bucks versus the Lucha Bros, but man, those these two teams can do all kinds of wacky stuff. It's going to be exciting. Uh, a lot of high flying, a lot of wonderful spots. Hopefully, uh, although yeah, the one thing about those early matches, and you know, not everybody can have a compelling YouTube channel, but you know, there's not much story. We don't. <coughs> there's no reason. They just happen to have a match, and that's but that's fine. Yes, yeah, so these pre-show matches should be. Right, and I think they give them away for free. It's like, what was, uh, you know, like the buy it. I mean, they call it buy it, and they want you to buy into the pay per view. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, all right, so that that match, who's, who do you think is going to win that? I'm going with. I'm actually going to. Well, I'll go with Private Party because they're getting the bigger push right now, and their first match on the TV show is with the Bucks. So for them to go in as after losing. I don't know. I think private party. Right. I think that's probably right. Um, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt <laughs> versus SoCal Uncensored, Daniels, Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. Love that. Uh, th that feels like a, a moment for Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy to oh, celebrate. Yeah. Get Definitely. The crowd going. Certainly. Um, and Marco Stunt, of course. Uh, is, are all these pre-show matches? Riho versus Sheeta for... Um, mm, is that pre-show? I don't know. It's listed as number eight. It doesn't have a P next to it, but neither does Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt. So maybe not. Maybe it's just Private Party and the Casino Battle Royal of the pre-show. Oh, uh, yeah, that Battle Royal. So I don't know. I don't, man, to try to name every wrestler that's in there. I don't think they've even named it, but it, can you even predict who would win the, the Women's Battle Royal? Uh, no, we can't predict that. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Yes. I think that they're, I mean, I, th I, I think it just kind of depends on I mean, I guess they could give it to somebody they don't have under contract. You could see them doing Brandy Rhodes just to be like, just to kind of let her kind of open the TV show as the heel. Mm -hmm. um, Britt Baker, obviously, they have a lot of investment in. Oh, is she in that? Yeah. Is there, uh, so far, they've only announced one women's match on the card, on the proper, right? And yeah. what you're looking at, it's just the it's just the Sheeta match. I feel like there's got to be another women's match announced before the end, before it happens. But I guess that would have to. Announced participants are Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, Allie, Brandy Rhodes, Teal Piper, Ivelisse, Jazz, Big Swole, Sadie Gibbs, <sighs> and twelve others. All right, I'm going with Big Swole. By the way, I love that name. I know. I've never heard of her before. You might have heard of her husband. His name is Cedric Alexander. Oh wow! I think she wrestled in the um, uh, Mayon Classic one year. Wow, okay. She's great, though. Very She's cool. really talented. Very I sat cool. behind her at WrestleMania one time. Had no idea she was a worker. I mean, it's not surprising. Yeah. They have an incredibly cute daughter. Oh, that's really great. And, um, yeah, they're very cool. Um, but, yeah, she's she's good. It's cool. It's 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 a, it's a kind of amazing how many cross-promotional relationships we have now. Yeah, I can't keep track with uh, w who's coming from where, who's under contract, who's not. It's kind of hard to, to follow. Like, the Luch even the Lucha Bros, are they fully under contract? Because they can't, like, you're not, like, uh, from what I have understand, AEW is not allowed to sell Lucha Bros merch because of the AAA thing. And it's like, well, are they fully, And then you there's know, an MLW thing where their contract's not, I don't think, even up there yet. Um but they've already figured out the post, I think, MLW future. Um, I know some of the guys, MJF or whatever, are still going to continue to be work for uh, MLW. I don't know. There's there's a lot of contract confusion. Yeah, yeah. But uh, maybe that's how they want it, so you keep it, keep you guessing. I don't know. All right, I'm just going to throw my hat in the ring for, for Nyla Rose because I think she's amazing. Uh, I'll say... Um, I think Britt Baker is the safe choice, but I'm going to go with Brandy. I don't know why. I feel like I feel like there's a good angle there. Um, all right. Now, I think th those are the two pre-show matches. We talked about Lucha Boy. I mean, Lucha, Lucha Boy. <laughs> is the name of the tag team? Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And two boys Lucha and a Boy dinosaur. is great. That's, yeah. Two boys, and, two boys and a dinosaur. Yeah. Definitely uh, going over. All right. Now we're going to go in reverse numerical order and hopefully get this right. Riho versus Sheeta. I don't know. 
I mean, yeah, it's like we don't know anything. I mean, I she does Sheeta, Sheeta. I'm going with Sheeta. Yeah. They had me put her on the poster, so. <laughs> oh, little inside information. There. I mean, no, it, I think Sheeta's right. Yeah. Um, poster looks great, by the way. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I I will say I'm very proud of this one because it is the most complicated I've had to deal with, and I think it came together. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you're John Moxley. Is uh. Oh, did you see so that? So strong. That the, the the thing I just put up. You put up a new one. Well, I did a I did a just a John Moxley for for Starcast. Oh, really? Exclusive. Yeah. Where is that? Where can I buy that or look at that online? You can't buy it, but you can look at it on my Instagram account. That's uh, at Bartlett Studio. <clears throat> uh, BartlettStudio.com. Here, check that. Oh yeah, that looks great. Yeah. Thank you. Um, we might need that one in the studio. We can make that happen. Yeah. All right. Darby Allen versus uh, Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc in a Cracker Barrel clash. God. <laughs> At some point, one of these guys is going to win a match. I mean, it's, it's it, like I understand why these guys all go together, and I get the I get the humor of this. I'm not. Am I crazy for thinking this is a little? This kind of squanders what Darby Allen got from Cody a little bit, like the rub that he got. I don't see it that way. I can I I get I I mean I understand your point I don't because what else, what is what else would he be doing Yeah I mean unless no, right, unless right. it was unless do... Darby and MJF were fighting that would be a way to keep it connected to the Cody verse Yeah I'll say um, But I mean what would you do with it I And mean, There's only so you know You're right um, Let's see what else Oh speaking of Cody the Cody verse Cody Cody versus Sean Spears with do you want to put totally a Blanchard. Do you want to put a prediction on that? Oh, Dar- I'm all Darby Allen. Oh, he's all Darby all day. Uh, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any reasonable way to pick it. But I just think that like if I got to put, I mean, he's got to be the favorite, just because they. He. Had I the, mean, of everybody we've talked about so far, I think he's the guy. I mean, he is the. He's the closest thing to a. I mean, he has he has the most potential to be at the top of the card. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll contrary uh, contrast that. I'll say Joey. He fought Moxley. I like Joey a lot. I'm growing. He's growing on me. Uh, I mean, I was never down on him, but I just didn't. I was like, it's still, it's like, uh, it's growing on me. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, Cody versus Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard. And mystery corner partner, I guess, for Cody. Is, do you think they're going to make a, de- a big deal out of that? Or is it just going to be, I mean, who? okay, uh, spot on the spot. Tully Blanchard, who's like the contrast to Tully Blanchard you could bring in and be like, whoa. It's got to be Arn. That's, that's, yeah. Also, that would make sense for why they didn't put Arn on the Raw reunion after I yelled at WWE about it for 10 minutes on one, that episode. Yeah, you did. Um, he was the most obvious. <clears throat> uh, yeah, that makes sense. That'd be cool. But they, but then, well, anyway, yeah. I mean, I don't know who else you do. I'm like, were you going to bring in Tessa Blanchard? <laughs> I don't think she's available. Um, and there's no there's nobody else unless it's like what he's gonna bring like Magnum TA to the ring or something. That'd be, yeah. But but that name does. I mean, I guess for the the hard the core fans that makes sense. But like your casual fan would be like, who? Uh, no offense. No, you're right. That's what I mean. Um, honestly, I think, and I'm probably gonna get crapped on, but I I think Tully Blanchard's name is a stretch for some people. Oh yeah. So. Anyway, it's still cool, and they've been building that feud wonderfully. I think with their interviews and their their content, um, I'm so high on Cody. Every week, I'm just I'm becoming more and more a fan of his and his work and his. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. I mean, just the passion and the the re- he he convinces you it's real, and that's what's you know that's what you look for in wrestling. So, one other name that would make some amount of sense. Here we go. Would be Terry Funk. Oh, that would be awesome. He kind of has a little bit more of that historical vibe that they'd probably be going for, former champion. And he did, I think he he and he and Tully had some have some like Southeast Texas or whatever, like the the Blanchard territory rivalries way, way, way back in the day. That would be cool. Not that it matters, but you but that's yeah, I think you could you could see that. That would be cool. I'll say I don't know. I think I think they're going to give Sean Spears that win and continue this story. You could still, yeah, oh for sure. I mean, I think I'm going to go Sean Spears too. That's not a for sure. I but I do think that there's like a 
I wonder how many matches Cody, how many people Cody can put over before they gotta eventually like give him back, give him some wins back, put him back right. on the top of the card, and right. let him start all over again. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm I am I'm I'm on Sean Spears. But then if Cody brings out somebody great, I don't know. Sean Spears, I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick with Sean Spears. All right, Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks. Brothers versus brothers. Brother versus brother. Oh boy! And it's for the the AAA tag team titles, right? W- They've swapped these back and forth a couple of times, if I remember correctly. Um, it sort of feels like the Lucha Bros are morally obligated, not morally, are probably obligated to end up with them. I know, right? Especially because once TV starts, they're beginning a tag team tournament to determine the tag team champions, right? For AEW, uh, so but then yeah, there's definitely time though for the Bucks to win and then drop the titles again. You know they like go down to Mexico, do something, lose. Yeah, can we just get pause though for how, that? Has been a wonderful buildup. I that that rivalry I think is going to go down in the independent wrestling fans' history books as one of the greatest. Their matches have been incredible. Yeah. The uh, the chemistry there is off the charts. Um, I'm gonna give it to the Young Bucks, but you can't have every VP winning. No, I know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Lucha Bros. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's obviously that that could obviously go either way. Um, the funny thing is about making these predictions for such a young company. Is this is gonna sound like I'm totally taking the the wind out of the sails? But it, that's not what I mean. It almost like I'm realizing like it doesn't it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter it doesn't who matter. wins any of these. It doesn't and not matter. In now. A, not in like a non kayfabe. I mean like because we're still we just want to see great matches. Whereas in the WWE, you're like, oh no no, this guy's got to win because we want to see this this and this because of all that history, all yeah. of that. That's what makes this exciting. It is true. It is true. Anything could happen. You don't even know what their booking plans are. Yeah. Um, did you see the interview that the Bucks did on on the YouTube channel? Uh, well, they the, did. A, they did a long. They just like they were facing the camera, sort of talking about this feud and this match. And yes, they were their usual laid back selves. But the best when they were like, yeah, they're calling this like an Escalera de la Muerte match, which means like a stairway to is it death? I don't know. You yeah. get the point. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. Which is awesome, man. That I think that's so dope. Just like. You know, I'm obviously fans of um, lucha wrestling and Mexican uh, organizations. Probably have heard of that term plenty of times. I but I never have. It's just to me, I'm like, damn, that's that's intense. I like that. I'm. I think that's cool. I think it's cool. Speaking of uh, the tag team title tournament they're going to have on the show, there's one other tag team match in the card: the best friends Chucky Taylor and Trent Beretta versus the Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Uh, the winner will get a tag team title tournament buy. All this, all these buys are very confusing to me. Um, so that has stakes, which is cool. Yeah, that feels like a dark order situation. But I don't know. Best friends are some of the bigger names they have. Yeah. What I'm not clear about is if they're going to get a chance to like win one of the, if the losing team can win their way back into the tournament or something. I don't think, I don't, yeah, no, I don't, my understanding is you're not eliminated from the tournament, especially because they're going to need every t- team they, they right. have. They're not going to be like, well, I guess you're not involved. Uh, so I, you get the buy in the beginning, which actually means they have an idea of how many teams they already going to include or they just know they need to get to a certain odd amount or whatever right. it is. Um, yeah, I feel like they're going to give that to the dark order because like a, a team like best friend I feel like best friends can lose and have less stakes against their character uh-huh. like if the dark order this like tough badass supposedly badass like weird shadowy thing and they just like get beat by not the goofy team but you know it's kind of like well I guess they're not so dark and shadowy and evil after yeah, all right. they get a lot of building to do yeah I'm not I gotta tell you, I'm, I haven't been been a I'm not so sold on the dark order. So, I'm not either, but people who have spent a lot of time watching the dark order are very sold on them. Really? Um, oh, I mean, Evil Uno uh, in particular, the big guy? Yeah. Or the masked guy? He uh is a, you know, maybe a better worker than you would assume looking at him and he's got a, they both it's a very talented duo. Um 
So I'm giving the benefit of the doubt to them until uh, they lose my confidence otherwise. Um, cool. Anyway, moving on. The two big matches of the night, Pac versus Kenny Omega. Bum, bum, bum. This feels like, I don't know. This could go either way. Do you think this sets up, let's, let's work backwards. Does Pac, because I saw something where it said, oh, he's just going to go back to Dragon Gate. Dragon Gate's cool with them doing this. Is that what it's called, Dragon Gate? Yeah. He's cool with them, but he's just going to go back. He's, he's kind of just doing this to do this. If I had not read that, I'd say, okay, he's now he's AEW, so what is it going forward? And so if that's the case, what are the stakes for losing for him, for Kenny? Is it going to be a schmoz? Well, let's, let's, let's try to game theory of this out. Yeah, let's do it. I think that the, I think the back was, was supposed to be here. That I mean, it's supposed to be at the show anyway, and he's going to run in and attack Kenny Omega or something after the match. I think that was that, that was the plan with the speed they announced it. And also, just I don't know why. I just I feel like that they already they always had him penciled in for the first episode of the TNT show. Okay, so you see him on TV, and so therefore he's basically in the the company. Yeah. Okay, that's my guess. I mean, and that's that's not based on any reporting or inside information. But if it was going to be Omega versus Moxley, then maybe Pat comes in and attacks Omega and costs Moxley the belt or costs not the belt the match. Um, or something like that. He gets involved somehow. Yeah. Um, so now if he's just in the match, maybe... Uh, maybe he gets himself disqualified. Or there's somebody else that runs in. C.M. Punk. No, I'm just kidding. He's going to be busy commentating on something else. <laughs> um, I'm actually glad that it kind of takes him off the table. I, I know. You have no idea how many... We need to stop fantasy booking him. Dude. And you don't know how many fans... Bless their hearts, as they say in the South. Or look at, they see anything related to the marketing of this show and they see the friggin' Chicago flag. Yeah. And gosh. It's uh, true. That's where your mind immediately goes. A lot of people is, only associate that with him. Um, all right. And the, and the last match, the inaugural okay. AEW World Championship match, Adam Page versus Chris Jericho. I mean, really, this is just, this could go either way. And I think it just comes down to like a, it's almost like a front office decision. It's like, who do we want to walk in on day one of the TNT show as our champ? Do you go with the guy who has a bunch of name recognition, who probably seems more like an established guy to a lot of the more casual audience? Mm -hmm. Or do you go with the younger, fresher, you know, the nineteen, the 2019 model of the other one? He looks... God, he looks like a champ. Adam Page? Yeah, he looks great on the poster. But so does Jericho. But I think, I think Adam Page looks to... great on the poster. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that he's... I actually think that since Adam Page is sort of a couple of... Uh, he's. I don't think he's quite on the level of the other headliners that they have, weirdly. I think he's... he's... Like the Omega, the Pac, the... Moxley, yeah. Moxley. Even, even Cody... I mean, I'm not talking about in, just ring skills, but just like he's not as famous as them. He yeah, doesn't have the resume that, that that they do. Yeah. And so in that sense, it sort of makes even, I get the, the so it's it's almost like opposite arguments. You give it to Chris Jericho because you want the most famous person on your roster to be champ on day one. The flip side is you give it to Hangman and that makes him. Like he's, yeah. a, he's a made man. And now you have another legit headliner to go up against Moxley and Jericho and Cody and Omega and Pac. So this is why I find it like I'm this is why and I know this is probably the dumbest this is why I'm not writing the shows but like this is why I think it's possible that there's not a clear winner in this match but I guess that's you have to you have to have the belt on somebody when you start day one TNT right I mean you have to you can't be like, and here's yeah, yeah, you gotta have the chance. league, and no one has a belt yet. I mean, unless you unless you have that match, unless that match opens your show on episode one. Uh, like, who's going to win? Like, yeah. we're going to actually put the title on somebody on episode one. Yeah. Could be. That'd be a weird way to end this pay-per-view, though, because that's sort of, they're sort of built on the, you know, live up to your promises sort of mentality. I feel like... See, this, man, this is... This is ex wrestling's exciting because it's hard to call. 
It's hard to call. I w- I'm going to go with Hangman because he can do it, man. I think he can carry it. I think people are already don't know much about AEW, so those people who are tuning in aren't, I don't know, making Jericho your champion and rather than just having him in the championship picture. Uh, I, I don't think you have to have the belt on him for him to draw viewers. Yeah. Uh, they both cut promos too that said like like Jericho put a cut a promo that's he said if I don't win this this ends the this like ends Jericho basically. Yeah, and then Hangman said like I have to win. They basically said the yeah. same thing. And so when Hangman says it, I'm like, yeah, well, you've got a lot. You've no, no, no. You've got a lot going. You've got a lot ahead of you. But when Jericho says that, because he's so influential, you're kind of like, if he does lose, and he did say that, does that kind of suck the energy out of his prowess? You or maybe all, you I'm overthinking it. You can talk yourself into circles in this, and either way, we got to get out of here. So, what? Who's your pick? I'm going with Hangman Page. I'm going with Chris Jericho. Oh. All right, those are our picks. This is a big weekend. I'm excited. This is the first AEW card where I'm just like all in. Can I say that? I've been I've seen all the cards. I've always been excited for them because the show's starting, because the Wednesday night wars are starting. Yep. Because this Fox on SmackDown and Fox, this new era of WWE programming is starting. Um everything's exciting. It's so exciting. It's also exciting to see what kind of surprises are in store because we can't predict them because there's not enough history. So there's certainly going to be things you couldn't even, never have imagined. There, I, my guess is they're going to announce a new pay per view. My guess is we're going to see some wrestlers we would never would have thought were going to be in the company. Um, winners and losers, yada yada yada. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Uh, I'm sure none of you listening can either. Um, so watch this. Tune back in next week. We're going to talk about the results. We're going to talk about Clash of Champions, and um, you know, hopefully, we're going to talk about some new engagements and marriages in the wrestling world too (laughs) Uh, thank you guys for listening apologies as always to John Moxley get well soon we'll see you back here next week we are desperately out of time the tape machines are rolling we'll see you next week on the Masked Man Show 